We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 12 of the Waiver Wire Rider podcast on Rotoviz Radio. I am your host, Zachary Kruger, and today we're going to take a look at players who you should consider adding for your week 14 matchups. These suggestions are made based off PPR scoring, so be sure to adjust accordingly if you're playing in a different format. And as always, you can reach out to me on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. With any questions that you may have, I will do my best to respond to any tweets or DMs that you may send me throughout the week. Now, let's go ahead and get into the show. Before we get into our first position, we're going to just point out real quick that the Miami Dolphins, Indianapolis Colts, New England Patriots, and Philadelphia Eagles are all on buys this week, so we'll have to adjust for those. We certainly will have some players who we're going to be missing just ahead of this playoff run, which is going to be uh, perhaps difficult for some, but we're going to do our best to get through it. Uh, The first position we're going to look at is the quarterback position, and the first quarterback we're going to look at is Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who is currently rostered in 29% of leagues. In week 13 against the Rams, Lawrence and the Jaguars lost 37-7. In week 14, the Jaguars get the Tennessee Titans. In that loss to the Rams, Lawrence completed 16 of 28 passes for 145 yards. He had no touchdowns and no interceptions. He also rushed four times for 10 yards and finished the day with just 6.8 fantasy points, which was good for the quarterback 25 overall. Like every member of the Jaguars, Lawrence, who is the number one overall pick from the 2021 NFL Draft, has struggled mightily this year. He's thrown just nine touchdowns to 10 interceptions and has completed only 58% of his passes for 2,514 yards, but Ball security, despite his 10 interceptions, has not been much of an issue for Lawrence in recent weeks. Uh, He has thrown just three interceptions in his last nine games, but he also only has four touchdown passes over that span. So he hasn't been great. Uh, We're not trying to, you know, prop up someone as being better than what they are. He's a quarterback 34 in terms of fantasy points per game on the year. We know that that's obviously not great, but he does get a week 14 matchup against the Titans, who he had his best fantasy game of the season against earlier this season, where he went for 22.72 fantasy points while 
12, throwing for 319 yards and one touchdown. After the Titans, Lawrence gets the Jets and Texans, which makes him at least an interesting streaming option, I think. He needs to play well against these bad teams, I think, at this point in time to kind of salvage what's been a bit of an underwhelming uh, season for him, not just in fantasy, but also as a real-life NFL player. He's certainly going to be a risky play, but you could talk yourself into him this week, and I don't think it would be the worst thought process. And then, of course, like I said, he also gets um, the the Jets and then the Texans after uh, this week's Week 14 matchup against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, The Titans' defense has not been great against opposing quarterbacks. They rank 7th in points per game uh, allowed to fantasy quarterbacks in the last five weeks with 21.1, and they are first in expected points per game allowed to quarterbacks at 25.9. So if you're streaming quarterback, if you're feeling desperate, I think that Trevor Lawrence is at the very least a speculative ad, depending who else is available on your roster. In all likelihood, Lawrence is available. And again, we do at least have that good game against the Tennessee Titans to back us up a little bit, but we're going to need to see a lot more out of Trevor Lawrence before we feel good starting him on a weekly basis. But uh, I'd be doing about a 2 to 3% fab on him. He's just a guy who we're looking to add for this week, again, in the most desperate of circumstances, but he did have 22.72 points against the Titans. Maybe he runs that back again this week, and then he gets a chance to really show at least what he can do against bad teams in the Jets and Texans in weeks 15 and 16. The next quarterback we're going to look at is Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. He is rostered in 21% of leagues. He and the Steelers are coming off a 20-19 win against the Ravens in week 13. In week 14, they travel to the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday night football. In the win over the Ravens, Roethlisberger completed 21 of 31 passes for 236 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. He rushed one time for negative one yards, obviously. Ben Roethlisberger not known for his rushing abilities. And then he had 19.34 fantasy points, which is good for the quarterback nine overall. Now, we know that Roethlisberger has struggled for a decent portion of this season, but over the last three weeks, he has thrown six touchdowns to those two interceptions, and he has gone for 19.34 or more fantasy points in two of those last three games, which includes a 273-yard three-touchdown performance against the Chargers in Week 11. Uh, his game against Baltimore was good enough for the Steelers to get the win late, although it is worth considering that it took Roethlisberger and the Steelers four quarters to find the end zone until he finally connected with Deontay Johnson for both of his passing touchdowns on the day to get the win against an otherwise bad Baltimore secondary that has now only been made worse by the loss of Marlon Humphrey for this season. Roethlisberger gets another generous secondary matchup against the Vikings defense this week. Uh, they just allowed 20.94 points to Jared Goff in the Lions as Goff threw for 296 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception in Detroit's first one of the season. The Vikings are allowing the second most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks over the last five weeks with 23.8, and they are ninth over that span and expected points allowed at 22.5 points. By all accounts, I think Roethlisberger is a guy who has some very good weapons in terms of Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool at wide receiver. He also has Pat Fryermuth, who he's found a legitimate connection with over the last several weeks at tight end. So um, it, if you had any other quarterback on the Steelers, you'd be wanting to start them with these weapons. Ben Roethlisberger is obviously just a shell of himself at this point in time. He is, you know, supposedly looking to either leave the Steelers, which it probably really means retirement after this season. But I think for this week, after how he looked against Baltimore overall, he did eventually still put together a decent fantasy day. And again, that performance against the Chargers was fine as well. I think that against a bad Minnesota Vikings secondary again, I think that Roethlisberger could have a decent performance on Thursday night football and be a very viable streamer. He's another quarterback I'd just be looking to do about two to three percent fab bid on. Again, he's only rostering 21% of leagues, so you can probably go out there and get him if you're in need of a quarterback. 
Now we're going to get into the running back position, and the first running back we're going to take a look at is Chicago Bears running back Khalil Herbert, who's only rostered in 14% of leagues. In Week 13, Herbert and the Bears lost 33-22 to versus the Arizona Cardinals. In Week 14, they traveled to Green Bay. In that game, Herbert had four carries for 16 yards and no touchdowns. He also caught one pass for 11 yards on the lone target he saw in the day. He had 3.7 fantasy points, which is good for the RB46 overall. And really what I'm kind of looking to do at this point in time with this podcast leading up to the playoffs is to find running backs who I think could be viable for the postseason. Obviously, uh, the hope is that you are getting into the fantasy playoffs and that you are looking for players who could have added value down the stretch. And I think that Khalil Herbert could very well be one of those players. Uh, we know that David Montgomery has an injury history, and we know that Herbert can play well in place of Montgomery in a four-week stretch. Herbert had two games where he went for 19.2 and 18.3 fantasy points while David Montgomery was out. He rushed for 72 or more yards in each of those four games, and he also caught nine of 10 passes over that span for 44 yards. So we know that not only does he add value uh, on the ground, but also through the air with those nine receptions. He's rostering just 14% of leagues with nothing of note on his resume as of late. So stashing Herbert, I think, is something that you can easily do right now, and I think it could prove to be a league-winning move if David Montgomery were to ever go down again at some point in time this season. After this week, the Bears get the Vikings, Seahawks, and Giants for the fantasy playoffs. So I'd be looking to do about a 5% fab bid on Khalil Herbert. Again, I think he's a player who right now, I'm just looking to stash people. I'm not looking for spot starts. Hopefully, if you're in a position right now to be heading towards the fantasy playoffs, you're looking to plan more towards that three-week future where you could see a, a circumstance unfolding where all of a sudden a player who maybe doesn't have a lot of value right now suddenly has tremendous value. And I think that Khalil Herbert could very well be one of those players. So I'd be looking to stash him. I'd be doing about a 5% fab bid on him. I don't think he did anything this past week that's going to be catching the eye of a lot of fantasy managers. But you just grab him, you stash him. If something happens where he all of a sudden becomes a decent zero RB uh, target for you over the playoff stretch, now you have him and you're not having to be forced to use what little bit of fab you may have, if any. Instead, you planned ahead and you went ahead and went out and got him. For the next running back we're going to look at, um, I apologize in advance for even touting this person, but again, looking forward to the fantasy football playoffs, trying to find sneaky value in something that maybe everyone else is overlooking. I'm going to say Jacksonville Jaguars running back Carlos Hyde, who is currently only rostered in 12% of leagues. He and the Jaguars again lost 37-7 to the Rams on the road last week in week 14 to get the Tennessee Titans. In that loss to the Rams, Hyde rushed nine times for 24 yards and one touchdown. He also caught his lone target for negative one yards and finished the day with 7.3 fantasy points which was good for the running back 32 overall now like I said I should make it perfectly clear I don't think Carlos Hyde is good I think that he has been just as underwhelming and as bad as we expected him to be when we heard that Urban Meyer and the Jaguars are signing him he's rushed 71 times on the year for 251 yards and his lone touchdown on the season came in that 37-7 loss to the Rams but I do think that it should be noted that Urban Meyer just can't seem to help himself when it comes to using Carlos Hyde Uh, his work has been body but he makes the list for kind of the same reason that killer herbert does and that i think he is the most likely back to see the most work for the jaguars should james robinson go down and again the jaguars get the titans jets and texans over the next three weeks hopefully those end up being good james robinson games but if james robinson were to go down uh, you could actually be forced to make the horrific choice of having to start carlos hyde in place of james robinson as a potential top 24 running back really just based on volume alone like i don't think that there's anything about carlos hyde as 
a performer that makes him someone who I want to roster. But if James Robinson were to go down, knowing the obsession that Urban Meyer seems to have with him, I really think that he would see double-digit touches, perhaps at a very high rate, against some bad teams in the Jets and the Texans. So you're talking about two fantasy football playoff matchups there. Planning ahead, you kind of just add Carlos Hyde possibly as an end-of-the-bench stash for the next couple weeks. In the event that something were to happen to James Robinson, now you know you may have a very nice matchup for Hyde against two very bad defenses. Um, This week's running back ads are going to all be kind of super sleeper segments. uh, Both Carlos Hyde and Khalil Herbert are kind of, you know, players, again, who aren't the sexiest of names right now, but they're planning towards the future and for the fantasy football playoffs. I will have two more running backs who I'll be adding at the end of this show as other super sleepers who I think could also provide added value for the fantasy football playoff stretch. Um, And that's just kind of what I wanted to do to tackle this podcast here. I didn't really have anybody who I thought stood out on a tremendous level in terms of someone who I'm dying to add this week. So I tried to get a little bit different. Think about the fantasy football playoffs a little bit. I'd be doing just like a 3% fab bid on Carlos Hyde. You probably don't even have to bid that on him to get him uh, just to kind of have him stash him, see what happens over the next couple weeks. Maybe you have someone who falls into a high volume and is all of a sudden being talked about as a sneaky uh, top 24 back against the Jets or Texans defense over the next three weeks. Colin Kelly here, the executive producer of the Road of His Radio Podcast Network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean Siegel. The wait is over, the NFL season is here, and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Road of His NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools, and everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL Pass just by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Now we're going to take a look at the wide receivers, and the first wide receiver we're going to take a look at is Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Russell Gage, who is currently only rostered in 35% of leagues. In Week 13, Gage and the Falcons lost 30-17 to to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In Week 14, they hit the road to take on the Carolina Panthers. In that loss to the Buccaneers, Gage caught 11 passes for 130 yards and no touchdowns. On 12 targets, he finished the day with 22 fantasy points, which is good for wide receiver 8 overall. Now, if you know me, you know that I love Russell Gage. I've been hoping to tout him all 
season and now we finally have a chance to do that as he turned in his best performance of the season last weekend against the Buccaneers and not only that but it was not just his best performance but a very very solid performance he led all Falcons receivers and targets uh, with no return in Calvin Ridley in sight I think that he is a player who you should be targeting as a high and wide receiver three who we know is capable of giving us the weeks like he did against Tampa Bay Gage will always kind of be that player who's going to give you these up and down performances so you have to take the good with the bad but quarterback Matt Ryan despite his struggles is still averaging 35 pass attempts per game and has thrown 28 or more times in four of his last five games now I think Gage is arguably Matt Ryan's most reliable wide receiver although you could kind of throw in Cordero Patterson into that mix as well but there's familiarity there with Russell Gage Gage has seen six or more targets in five of his last six games since returning from an injury which I think should provide at least a safe double digit floor in most weeks he's going to catch the eye of fantasy gamers this week so a decent bit is going to have to be put on there to get him but again the Falcons throw a lot their run offense is not particularly good I also think this is a team that's going to still be trailing in a decent amount of games this season or at the very least having to throw just to maintain pace with whatever offense they're playing against in hopes of pulling out a win so I'd be doing about a 15% bid on Russell Gage I think that again he's a safe wide receiver three I think he's a higher end wide receiver three if he continues to see the work that he has been getting uh the 12 target performance was certainly a lot but I think that down the stretch he could provide some very usable weeks for you as a wide receiver three or even a wide receiver four if you're playing in leagues that deep that would be a tremendous add for Russell Gage as well so I'd be doing a 15% fat bid on Russell Gage this weekend for the next wide receiver we're going to take a look at I want to look at Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd Boyd is rostered in 64% of leagues so he's not exactly flying completely under the radar but I think he's worth talking about in week 13 Boyd and the Bengals lost to the Chargers 41 to 22 in week 14 they get the San Francisco 49ers in that loss to the Chargers Boyd saw seven targets which he turned into five receptions for 85 yards and he finished the day with 13.5 fantasy points which was good for wide receiver 22 overall as I just mentioned he is rostered in 64 percent of leagues so Boyd is not completely being slept on but he is the third wide receiver in the Cincinnati pecking order and I think that there's another interesting ad to be had in Tyler Boyd in terms of thinking about the fantasy playoffs if he is available in your league we know that Boyd is capable of being a top 24 fantasy wide receiver or at times much better than that when he's given the chance but opportunities have been incredibly hard for Boyd to come by this season in Cincinnati he has 72 targets on the year he's averaging 6.0 targets per game but he has seen seven or more targets in half of the games he has played now the issue with Boyd that really comes into play is when he's seeing only two or three targets per game which has been the case in three games this season but still I think that even if you can't start Boyd he's at least worth a bench stash during the fantasy playoffs if he is available in your league as either an injury to Jamar Chase or T Higgins would likely be all that it takes to unlock Boyd for the rest of the way on the year he has caught 51 passes for 556 yards and two touchdowns he gets a tough defensive matchup over the next two weeks against the 49ers and Broncos but then he gets a banged up Baltimore secondary in week six and he could be playing in a shootout game against the Chiefs in week 17. So if he is available, I'd be doing about a 10% fab bid on him. Maybe you bid a little bit more than that if you really just are buying into this idea that I'm preaching here that he could be a player who it takes one, you know, misfortunate uh, circumstance for either of the two wide receivers ahead of him to perhaps all of a sudden turn him into a top 24 wide receiver the rest of the way. So Tyler Boyd is a player who I think is a very interesting ad. Even though he's only available in 36% of leagues, there's a chance that you're listening to this show. Maybe you're league is one of those 36% of the leagues that he's available in. I'd be looking to put a fab bid on him. I like at least those final two uh, matchups against the Ravens and the Chiefs in terms of fantasy football playoffs. And if something happens, people are going to be wanting Tyler Boyd. So he's rostering 64% of leagues. That is very high, but he is still nonetheless available. I'd be going out and looking to add him in terms of thinking about, again, the fantasy football playoffs, looking to get ahead of things a little bit and be prepared if you have the room to stash him on your bench.
Switching over to tight ends now, the first tight end who I want to take a look at is New York Giants tight end Evan Ingram. Ingram is rostered in 29% of leagues and is coming off a 22-9 loss at the Miami Dolphins in week 13. In week 14, the Giants hit the road to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. In that loss to Miami, uh, Ingram caught four passes for 61 yards on five targets. He finished with 10.10 fantasy points on the day, which was good for the tight end nine overall. And really when it comes to Evan Ingram, I think the thing that stands out to me the most is how his fantasy star has just kind of fallen in a big way since enjoying a breakout rookie season in which he caught 64 passes for 722 yards and six touchdowns. A few injury plague seasons after that has kind of limited him overall and then in 2020 Ingram had 654 receiving yards in a full 16 game season last year but he managed only one receiving touchdown on the year. Ingram has two touchdowns this season but he only has 35 receptions for 334 yards. He is averaging 5.2 targets per game but he gets a Chargers defense that has allowed the six most fantasy points to tight ends this season. His 61 yards against the Dolphins last week was a season high which is encouraging but it is worth also noting that his quarterback for week 14 is likely going to be Jake Fromm who has not played a regular season down in the NFL but we do also know that inexperienced quarterbacks tend to lean on their tight ends a bit more it's not saying that Fromm could do that but I think that if he is going to lean on a tight end that Evan Ingram could be a very good tight end to lean on in terms of I still think that he's a talented tight end I still think that he's capable of making big plays it just it's been a bad combination of injury bad quarterback play bad offenses it's just it's not really quite come together with Evan Ingram I'd really personally like to see him go elsewhere where maybe a team can better utilize him and use his skill sets uh, a little bit more but I think that if by some chance Jake Fromm happens to be leaning on Ingram if there happens to be a little bit of connection there that maybe Ingram turns in a low end tight end one performance maybe he actually finds the end zone which is something he doesn't do a lot of and he turns in a tight end one week that would be great he's certainly a player who I think I would be targeting if I knew that another quarterback was playing I'm not going to let Jake Fromm starting lead me too much away from Evan Ingram I still think he's a player who I'd be recommending as a streaming option if it was Daniel Jones or God forbid even Mike Glennon but I'm going to go ahead and say that Evan Ingram is a player who I would be comfortable targeting against the Chargers defense that again has allowed the six most fancy points at tight ends I'd be doing a three to five percent fab bid on Ingram if I'm looking to stream a tight end go ahead put him in your lineup see what happens again from an experienced quarterback maybe leans on that tight end position a little bit and that works out better than expected for Evan Ingram now for our next tight end, we're really going to kind of get into the weeds here in terms of who we're going to be uh, recommending for this one. It is Washington football team tight end John Bates. In week 13, Bates and the football team defeated the Las Vegas Raiders 17-15. to Now in week 14, they will play host to the Dallas Cowboys. In that game against the Raiders, Bates caught three of four targets for 42 yards and finished the day with 7.2 fantasy points and the overall tight end 20 on the week now. You're probably asking yourself, who the heck is John Bates? And that's a very fair question to ask. I was actually asking myself the same thing earlier today as I was preparing this show. Bates could be the next tight end in line to start for Washington after the team lost Logan Thomas to what they thought was an ACL tear. It wasn't that, but in all likelihood, he will end up being out for week 14 against the Cowboys. And then backup tight end Ricky Seals-Jones was inactive in week 13 against the Raiders with a hip injury, which I think could set up Bates for a potential start. He performed well in the game against Las Vegas as Taylor Heineke, who's limited as a thrower tends to lean on his tight ends to move the ball downfield so I think that in terms of perhaps a tight end who could be one getting a start two be playing in a game that could be high scoring and three playing with a quarterback who likes to target the tight end as much as Heineke does I think that Bates could definitely be a viable option as maybe a low to to mid tight end two with upside if he happens to find the end zone in a game that could feature a lot of points so uh, Bates is a low end streamer against the Dallas team uh, and the one thing to monitor with this is still the status of Ricky Seals 
Jones. Again, he has a hip injury. He was out for week 13 against the Raiders, but that was a little bit of a surprise because he was practicing throughout the week, although I believe it was on somewhat of a limited basis. So it's something to monitor. If Ricky Seals-Jones happens to actually be active and get the start, then I would say easily we pivot off of Bates. We go to Ricky Seals-Jones. We've seen him perform very well in place of Logan Thomas already this season. Now we're going to get into our super sleepers portion of the show, which I kind of already suggested ahead of time when talking about running backs is really just, a, I'm kind of meshing all of our running backs into one again in preparation of the fantasy football playoffs. All these guys I think are kind of sleepers who are just looking to stash at this point in time. And now the next running back I'm going to mention is Philadelphia Eagles running back Kenny Gainwell, who is 12% roster in leagues right now. He had 12 carries for 54 yards and one touchdown last week against the New York Jets. He also caught five passes for 33 yards on all five of his targets, finishing the day with 19 18.7 fantasy points and the, as the running back 10 overall. Uh, in that game against the Jets, the Eagles won 33 to 18. In week 14, the Eagles get a bye. So Kenny Gainwell is not going to give you much of anything in week 14, obviously. But I think that Gainwell is an interesting ad. But we've also said this before about Kenny Gainwell. His fantasy season has really kind of been a puzzling one thus far. A few weeks ago, he was a top priority ad after a week four game in which he went for 20.9 fantasy points. But then he's failed to return much value since then. Last week against the Jets, he was also the beneficiary of the fact that Boston Scott was missing a game due to an illness and quarterback Gardner Minshew was getting the start for banged up Jalen Hurts who was dealing with an ankle injury so there was less also rushing from the quarterback side which I think helped kind of boost up Gainwell a little bit. Again the Eagles aren't a week 14 bye so Gainwell is not going to give you anything this week and as previously mentioned uh, this week's running backs ads are really just being treated as sleepers leading up to the fantasy playoffs as we look to embrace the potential chaos of what still happens in an NFL season and what we know takes place in terms of player injuries and things of that nature. If something happens to a team's player it's better to be prepared before the event rather than trying to prepare against a more aggressive market afterwards. I think that Gainwell's performance against the Jets is going to grab the attention of every fantasy manager who doesn't have him. Bids are going to be very aggressive. They're certainly going to be higher than the ones that I recommended for Khalil Herbert and Carlos Hyde, but we just don't know if Eagles coach Nick Sirianni is going to be high enough on Kenny Gainwell to play him as long as Boston Scott and Miles Sanders are healthy. It's also worth remembering that this is the same Kenny Gainwell who couldn't even get more work than Jordan Howard a few weeks ago when Miles Sanders was out. So I'm recommending about a 15 to 20% fab bid on Kenny Gaywell, but that also comes with the understanding that we could be once again bidding a decent amount of our fab on Kenny Gainwell only for it to return absolutely nothing for us. I love the talent. I think he's a player who should be seeing more work, but just because that's what I think and I think a lot of the fantasy community at large generally thinks that, it doesn't necessarily mean that's what's going to happen, but I'd be doing a 15 to 20% fab bid on Kenny Gainwell if if you think the potential could exist for him to perhaps see more work going forward over these last four or five weeks of the season, then go ahead, get in your bids, see what happens. Or again, if an injury were to take place to one of these running backs, maybe that somehow unlocks him. I just don't really quite know. But he's still a player who I think has the talent and is worth a bench stash just in case he plays. But he's been hard to trust given the fact that his usage has been so spotty. And for our last super sleeper for this uh, show, we're going to be looking at running back Deion Jackson of the Indianapolis Colts. He is rostered in 0% of leagues he and the Colts are coming off a 31-0 win against the Houston Texans he like uh, Kenny Gainwell in week 14 is also on a bye in that win against the Texans Jackson had six carries for 19 yards and one touchdown he did not see a target he finished with 7.9 fantasy points on the day which was good for running back 44 overall uh, I'm going to preface this with saying that God forbid something happened to Jonathan Taylor I don't even feel comfortable saying this as someone who has a roster in leagues and as somebody who simply just loves seeing him play and what he has done this season has been absolutely tremendous and mop up duty against the uh, Texans Jackson saw work in place of Taylor and managed to score on one of his six rush attempts but the question for those listening may be who is Deion Jackson 
questions. So to answer that question, I went to the Rotoviz Box Score Scout, which is one of the many awesome tools that we offer here at Rotoviz, which allows us to look at players' collegiate production and how they comp to other NFL players. Jackson is a 2021 rookie back who played his college ball at Duke and ran a 4-4-1 40-yard dash at his pro day. He brings plenty of pass catching upside as well as he totaled 61 receptions for 534 yards and four touchdowns while playing at Duke, and he has great size for a back at 5 foot 11, 218 pounds. His college production comps in the box score scout aren't going to do a lot to grab your attention, but if we head over to another Rotoviz tool, which is a prospect workout explorer, we see that some of Jackson's closest comps from a workout perspective are Bernard Pierce, Ryan Matthews, Cadillac Williams, Robert Turbin, Marshawn Lentz, and Joseph Adai. Some of those names may not be familiar to all of you, but funnily enough, Robert Turbin and Joseph Adai were both Colts at one point, and Adai actually gave fantasy managers several usable seasons during his career. This isn't to say that Jackson is going to be as good as any of those players. We're certainly not trying to tout him as being something perhaps way better than what he is, but it's just a workout comparison in addition to the fact that I like his size, I like his speed, and the fact that he is a good pass catching back. We know that the Colts are a good running team. Certainly that's boosted by the fact that they have Jonathan Taylor, but the Colts also value Jackson enough that they actually promoted him to their 53-man roster on November 1st, where he has remained ever since. So he's at the very least, I think, another speculative stash in the event that his services should be needed. You don't have to bid anything to get this guy. Maybe if you're worried someone else is listening to the show, you put a 1% fab bid on him. But again, I really kind of wanted to make this show about preparing for the fantasy playoffs, looking to embrace things that may happen that lead to unforeseen circumstances, where now we have an opportunity to perhaps win our leagues because we planned ahead rather than reacted to something that happened on any given week. If you're a new listener and want to learn about all the amazing tools and articles over at Rotoviz, be sure to head on over to rotoviz.com and subscribe to the website. New subscribers can say 10% at checkout by using promo code RVRADIO2021. That's going to do it for today's Waiver Wire Rider podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Rotoviz Radio wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave a review. That always helps us out. And once again, my name is Zachary Kruger. You can find me on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. Thank you for tuning into today's show. And until next time, I wish you good luck and a good day.